Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Bible in a Year reading plan. We also have PDFs available for download on our website, grove.church. And as usual, as you're listening along or maybe you're reading along on the reading plan with us, uh, we would love to take time to answer any questions that may arise. Uh, you, If you write them down or send us an email, that's great. Uh, the easiest way to get those questions to us is either via email. Uh, you can send it to info at grove.church. Uh, you can put in the subject line a Let's Read the Bible podcast question uh, or a question for Evan and Aaron, whatever works, but that way it gets to us directly. Uh, or you can direct message our Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Uh, go ahead and DM us there, and that will give us those questions as well. So we'll take time as much as we can every week to answer them. Yeah. This week our question came in from... Email. Email. I was going to so, say, because I looked at it and said, I have a question for Aaron and Evan uh, from the podcast. So that tells me it was from email, So, which is go. awesome. All righty. So let's do... Uh, what are we talking about today? That's yeah. the question. We're talking about Lazarus. Ooh. So it's labeled, the episode will be titled Lazarus, the character study. Um, that might be a little bit disingenuous just because... It's misleading. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of like... Because most of the character studies we do, what we're saying is, what does the whole Bible yeah, say about Yeah, we take a whole Bible person? perspective. We don't get that with Lazarus. Well, with Lazarus, we are saying, what does the whole Bible say about Lazarus? But it's, I mean, he's only in John. So there's just one book. So what does the book of John say about Lazarus? Right. So oh. I suppose today we're really just talking about we'll do the a story book study. of Lazarus. Let's just say a book study. Then Lazarus, a book study. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but he is a really interesting, he's a really interesting figure. Um, there's a little bit of like tradition stuff that we'll get into at the end that is, um, I mean, it's very unverified, but you know, it's kind of fun to think about. Uh, but mainly, obviously he is known for um, he's known for, for dying yes, and then for not being dead. So we'll get into that. What? I know. All right. So as far as what resources we're using today, we have the ESV Study Bible, Logos Bible Software, the Reformation Study Bible, and the Zondervan Illustrated Bible Dictionary by Merrill C. Tenney, J.D. Douglas, and Moises Silva. So there you go. All right. So like we said, the story of Lazarus is found only in the Gospel of John. And that's not that uncommon because yeah. a lot of the stories from John are only found in John. And you kind of get the idea. Um, obviously, this isn't um, overtly stated in the book, but we kind of get the idea that John is aware of the other gospels that exist. They're kind of working with each other um, from what we can tell, because so many parts of them are, you know, it's the same story, just from slightly different perspectives, all these different things. So you can kind of get the idea that John is wanting to tell the other stories. So some stories are in John that are in the other gospels, but the majority of the things that John talks about are things that the other gospels don't hit on, which is really cool because John gives us, I would say, a more emotionally um, intimate picture of Jesus, mm -hmm. which is a really cool thing because John was obviously, of the disciples who wrote gospels, the closest to Jesus, um, depending on how you view Mark, whether you think that's like Peter directly writing it or directly dictating it to Mark, or whether you think Mark is kind of just basing it off of the teachings mm -hmm. of Peter. But anyway, uh, so that is this, that is the deal. Yeah, but John is also writing too from from the perspective of wanting to highlight and reveal more of Jesus's divinity too. So that's why True. you see a lot of the miraculous, the different miracles of Christ, the different I am statements that are found in the book of John. Um, a lot of it is John's intention is to highlight and uh, reveal, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but to... Um, focus in on Jesus's divinity as the son of God, as the Messiah. And he wasn't just fully man, but also the, the, the divine part of who he was too. So no, that's true. So you do see part of that in this. And John lives at such a long age as well, that you can kind of imagine that by the time John is actually sitting down and writing his gospel, people are kind of thinking that the miracles didn't happen. Whereas like with the mm -hmm. earlier gospels, <clears throat> and again, this is just pure conjecture yeah, yeah. on my part. 
Um, but with the earlier gospels, I think enough people are still around that saw <laughs> that saw everything happen. Yeah, they, that, they couldn't refute it. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. Well, and you even see like in the letters of Paul, he's just like, and if you don't believe me, go ask. And he lists off <laughs> yeah, some people. Yeah. It's like, they were there. They saw it. Uh, whereas with John, you know, he's um, he's extremely old, tail end of the generation. He's the last of the disciples. One of the, I'm sure one of the last people who actually was walk, with, walk Jesus, with Jesus, walked with yeah. Jesus, and so he's kind of writing to almost to us. Uh, in in that way, he's Thanks, writing John. to yeah, he's writing to for for people specifically who um, never knew Jesus, never saw things, or even people who don't know people who knew Jesus. So yeah. anyway, let's. But we're not talking about John today. We're talking about Lazarus. So let's jump in, uh, and then we're also just going to pretty much. It's not too long, so we're just going to end up reading the whole story. So we broke it up into sections, and we'll kind of read a little bit, and we'll talk about it. But yeah. that's the idea. So this first section, we've titled the lead up, um, and I'll go ahead and say right off the bat. Um, Elmer and Ed. Is it Elmer? Ed Hinson, Gary. Er, Ed and Gary. We didn't alliterate. So we're sorry about that. Please, Please don't be disappointed us. in us. Please forgive us. All right. If, if you don't know who Ed and Gary are, they're two of the main authors in a book we typically use the essence of the New Testament. So Old Testament, but yeah. Is it old? Then why are you complaining to them? We're talking about New Testament book. Well, I was just saying. See, we, you confuse did, me now. We did the minor prophets, but they did such a good job of alliteration. I feel Got like we it. failed them in that I came up with these titles. As if they're listening to us right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag shout out. One of them, one of them was my professor, but it was online. So not really, you know what I mean? He was it your was digital professor. My digital professor. So Anyways, back to, back to the book of John, guys. All right. The lead up. Actually, no, it was Elmer Towns, I think. <laughs> he wrote the New Testament one. All right. The lead up. John 11, <laughs> 1 through 16. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother... Lazarus was ill. So Jesus knows them already is yeah. kind of the important Well, and the connection there, that's a big connection too. True. Um, if, just, if you remember the story of that, but it's a big connection there. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill, which is kind of, it's, it's also this motif in the book of John, because there's the disciple who Jesus loved, which is John's, you know, way of referring the to himself. Disciple. Uh, and then there's uh, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And again, in John, while you're reading, one of the big themes to look out for is personal portraits of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, emotional portraits of Jesus. So you get to see a little, you get to see a lot of, it's funny because like you said, it is very true that John's writing for Jesus's divinity, but you also see a lot of Jesus's humanity in yeah. John as well. You get a really clear picture of both. Well, and you also see the, not that like the favorites, but you see, I mean, going back to that, you see this, this intimacy that existed between Jesus and some of his closest people. Like right. these are Jesus's close friends. Like the, these are individuals that Jesus care deeply for. And, and I, I mean, I, I would more conjecture on my end, but I do think it stems back to Mary's, Mary's uh, anointing of Jesus's feet. Uh, and, and that, that, that relationship that developed in her humility and her desire to worship Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a big, a big connection point too, but you just see that, like you see him who, who you love, that that's a big thing. And it's not Jesus loves everybody. Yes. But there's like this deep, intimate friendship that existed right. there too. Absolutely. Uh, So it goes on to say, but when Jesus heard it and he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. So already remember that line. Yeah. He's telling people what's going to happen. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again. Jesus answered, 
Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover, which I love just like, they do, they, oh, the disciples, they don't get it. Um, well, you, I, I'm sorry. You've got to be a little confused with Jesus what, with what Jesus just said before that. It's like, true. Wait, what? They're going to stone you. Not, what are you talking about 12 hours in a day? Like, I'm confused. This will remind me of, 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 of little surprise to no one. This reminds me of a line from Lord of the Rings when Gandalf, Gandalf comes back to life and Aragorn says, in this you have not changed, my friend. You still speak in riddles. Uh, and Jesus likes to do that. Jesus likes to be um, intentionally vague at certain points in the Gospels. That's a great way to say it. Intentionally and, vague. Yeah. And then when he's clear, <laughs> they don't like – like, so this one – I guess this one, he's not being clear when he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. He's not actually being literal there. But then there's times where he says, by the way, I'm going to be killed. And then three days later, I'm going to rise again. And the disciple's like, man, what's he trying to say? Like, what's he trying to tell us? What does that mean? He's like, no, he's just, he's just straight up That's telling That's what's happening. I'm going to die. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the disciples don't get it. Uh, Lazarus has not fallen asleep. So he's they're just like, Lord, if he, if he fell asleep, he's going to be fine. Like, he's going to wake It'll up. Be fine. Yeah, he's people, resting. People wake up when they fall asleep. So Jesus like, oh, disciples. Uh, now, Jesus has spoken about his death, but they thought, oh, that's fine. But they thought uh, that he had meant taking rest in his sleep. So just in case you didn't get the disciples were wrong, <laughs> John is... John also thinks that you, as the reader, are dumb and aren't going to get it. So he wants to. He wants to. Clarify. I think John wants to provide absolute crystal clear clarity. That's fair. Let's let's think the best of John, not the worst. Of um, so then Jesus said to them plainly. <laughs> Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus has died. So oh, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us now go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, "Let us also go, that we may die with him." Uh, which is a great. I I also think so Thomas. We did this on our disciples episode. Mm -hmm. Thomas gets a bad rap because yeah. he's known for like doubting, um, but he's he's a cool guy. So like this whole this whole statement here, the idea of let us go that we may die with him, um, and the tradition tells us that Thomas does. I mean, I guess this doesn't make him special in the sense that like all the disciples died this way, but he <laughs> dies like sharing the gospel, and that's mm -hmm. an incredible thing. So. Um, you know, maybe maybe we just call him Thomas instead of doubting Thomas. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the least we can do for the guy. Isn't it time that he doesn't have doubting in front of his name anymore? So I'm, funny. So, anyways, just to recap that section really quick, word is uh, sent to Jesus that Lazarus uh, is fallen ill. Jesus, you know, being God, knows that he's also going to die. Yeah. Um, but it's an important, like you said, remember that for later when he says, uh, it's not going to lead to death this for is the glory of God. Exactly. So. And I mean, it's, and then, and then you have the statements sentences later that say Lazarus has died and it almost appears like, well, you just contradicted yourself. You said it's not going to lead to death. But again, Jesus's point is to draw a deeper understanding of eternity and, and, the finite reality we live in. Like right. there, there is this difference, but there is a crossover compare, like um, a place where both, I don't remember what I was going to say there, mm -hmm. uh, but there is that. So Jesus is, is he's speaking intentionally um, in the vague ambiguity, but also trying to, to draw a very strong parallel. That's the word I was looking for. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we're going to get to a section called conversations. Uh, now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha, uh, or sorry, and Mar to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. 
Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Um, which is a grief statement, but also a really big faith statement. Yeah. Where she so she clearly believes that Jesus could have prevented Lazarus's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and we skip over that because, you know, for us as Christians, where we're like, yeah, obviously Jesus is God in the flesh. Of course he can. But for people back then, like that's a that's yeah. when Jesus has kind of Again, the statement of he's being a little bit intentionally vague with who he truly is on this side of the cross. Um, for people to have that amount of faith is is is, is something special. Yeah, absolutely. and Martha also gets a bad rap, so I feel she I, does. Yeah, so I, well, I mean, it's funny if you notice the differences because Martha goes to find to, to Christ, but right? Mary stays, and <laughs> that's the same kind of thing. Martha does the work, and Mary's sitting right. and, and hanging out. Not that those two things are true, but it's just funny how John has illuminated certain aspects true. of of the sisters. So. so he goes on and says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool moment as well. Yeah. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. Super. I love that. I love that moment. I also love that. Again, it's that she's not quite getting what he's saying. Like, just like when he said, you know, um, Lazarus is falling asleep. I go to wake him up and the disciples don't quite get it. He says, your brother is going to rise again. And she's, and she thinks he's referring to um, the final resurrection. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. Like that will happen too. Um, Because I mean, spoilers, Lazarus will, Lazarus dies twice. Yeah. So, but what? Um, I guess it's never confirmed, but I mean, he dies twice. So it's never said in the Bible I, what happens. I haven't seen Lazarus since. Um, but I, but it also, I would say you got you got to take a moment and realize it, this is this is the affir- affirmation of her faith in not just who Christ is, but the promise of of, of what He's come to say from almost day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the statement, like your brother will rise again, she's like, "Yes, I know he's going to rise again on the and the resurrection of the last day." And then Jesus uses a, as a, as a great moment to again identify and provide a deeper revelation of who he is by saying, "I'm the resurrection and life." But even then, he's not very clear that he's going to come back alive now. He's still alluding to the fact that the hope and the life that we have been given exists only in Christ, and he's. He's presenting an opportunity to test her faith, to affirm her faith, I guess is an easier way to say that, because I think that's what this is. And so you see this intention, and then she said, and they said, do you believe this? And she's like, yes, I believe. You are who you say you are. I believe that. Um, And this is all leading to a very strategic moment. And obviously, we've read the story. Many of us have read the story before, so we already know about Lazarus. But it's, it's being able to stop and kind of dissect this a bit. It's really important to recognize what Jesus is doing here is to draw to a deeper clarification of who he is and what he brings and then challenging and affirming, do you believe this? Yes, I believe it. And then there's almost this like reward that happens Mm -hmm. because of your faith. I mean, he says it all the time, Jesus, like your faith has healed you, your faith has healed you. And it's, we get to this point that we'll get to, but where it's, it's this affirmation of faith for Martha and, and this, because of your faith, there's this, I hate to say it, reward, like it's almost like a prize you win. Right. But there is, there is a, there is a reward to our faith. We are promised an inheritance. Um, and it may not be present on this side of, uh, of eternity, but it's definitely going to be present on this side of eternity for those of us who endure. Um, so there is this, this, 
this beautiful divine reality going on that's not just present moment. It's also an allusion to the eternity, that yeah. eternal reality we're all coming to. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so in verse 28, it goes on, says, when she had said this, she went and called to her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his sleep, saying to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. So same, same statement that Martha makes yep. here. Uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Short That's verse. the verse, by the way. Yep. Easy to memorize. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Um, also one of the most powerful, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not? Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And I love the tension being created in these moments among these people mm -hmm. um, because it's it should create some tension for us as well. Do we really believe God is who he says he is? Do we really believe Jesus is who he says he is? That Jesus could do what he said he would do? And in moments like this, could not have, like, would our response be the same? Um, they're following Mary at this point. I love the picture where you see Martha is aware of Jesus is, is close. She runs out to him. It seems like Mary's unaware of it. Um, and she's in the middle of grief, in the middle mm -hmm. of, of processing the loss of her brother. Uh, and then she's told, hey, the teacher's here. And she's like, Jesus is here. I got to go. Um, and then she gets up and runs and she has the same response. Um, I just think it's it's a beautiful picture of re the reality of grief and the reality of, right. of navigating the loss that people that, that many of us have navigated today. But there's just this difference and, and Jesus is still the source of hope and comfort. Yeah. What, what I love about the line, Jesus wept, is very okay. simple. But what it, the, the reality behind it is this. Um, Jesus weeping here is fully empathetic and nothing else because mm -hmm. he's not weeping for the loss of his friend because he knows what's about to happen. He, yeah. he in his, there's no part of Jesus is like, oh no, Lazarus, my friend. Like, no, he's, he's coming right back. Um, it would be like me sitting down and weeping because uh, one of my friends went out of town for a week and they're coming back. Like it would just, it would be that level of just kind of like, that's a little bit of attachment problem you yeah, got there. A little clingy. Um, but no, what, what he's doing is he's weeping with the other people. He's seeing their grief. Mm -hmm. And he's moved to grieve himself with them, which I think is just an incredibly powerful picture of the way that God looks at us. Yeah. Where even knowing how this story is going to end, and it's going to end happily, and it's going to be an incredible miracle that brings glory to himself, um, he still takes the time and still feels the pain that other people are feeling, mm -hmm. which I think is incredible. Yeah. So that's why... We, there's always the. I remember when I was a kid, you, the joke was always like, "I memorized verse John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. It's really easy." But um, there's so much more truth to it uh, yeah. than just being the shortest verse in the Bible. So. Well, and I love that it reveals the humanity of Christ in in its in its fullest expression, but it also doesn't minimize the divinity either. Right. And and not to be repetitive in the in the theme in the reality of John's writing, but you see the full humanity, like you see the full empathy. And, and associating oneself with the grief of another and a group of people, especially when there was a deep intimate relationship and friendship there. Um, and, and I use the word intimacy to talk about deep friendship, not anything else. Um, right. I don't know why, I've, but I just want to clarify that because the word intimacy is such a weird word today. 
But it is, it doesn't. But it, it, I don't think it just stops there. It also alludes to because even Jesus says multiple times, "If you've seen the me, if you've seen the Father, if you've interacted with me, you have interacted with the Father." And it is a revelation of God's heartbeat for humanity, the grief that He feels for humanity, the loss of humanity. It's it's He's not cold and callous. God is God is God is a God who's close. God is a God who's comforting, and you can you cannot comfort if you don't have proximity and you don't have intimacy of friendship with with individuals. So uh, I do love that in in two simple words, there's a, so much that's exposed um, to us as the readers today to realize what's actually going on there. There you go. All right. Well, let's get, let's get to the happy part. So, the reward. The reward. But you call it something else. I call it the miracle. But you know, either way. Uh, so then it says, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Yeah, that's that's gonna that sounds familiar, huh? huh. I've, I've, Weird. I've read that somewhere before. I wonder if I wonder if later on there will be another resurrection that takes place in a tomb that's Lazarus a cave with again a, with a stone kidding. rolled in front of it. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jesus said, "Take away the stone." Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, "Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead many days." And this we, is my favorite line. It's gonna stink. It's gonna stink, but it's also like um, I'm trying to think of like how to how to say this. Um, there's kind of a point where like out of respect for the person, you want to, you want to keep it shut while the decomposition process is happening, which is what they're all thinking is happening yep. right now. Um, and so like you want to, I'm trying to answer Cause like, yeah, you, you want to remember Mar- Martha wants to remember Lazarus the way that he was, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And so it is like, it is a sad thing to say like, please don't like, and she's not even saying, please don't, but just like, it's, it's like, it's, it's going to smell bad. I don't want to smell that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, that's kind of the way to say it. Anyway. Yeah, it, it literally is a, a purely limited perspective on what's going to happen, what's going to take place. Right. And it's almost, I, I wonder if they're kind of thinking like, geez, you just want to, you, you can't say your goodbyes now. Like you can't come and say yeah, goodbye. That's, that's a way of looking at it because too. it's going to stink. And it's already, he's already, decom- it's already smelling. It's already bad. Like there's a reason the stone has been put there. Like, right for the body to decompose, but also so animals can't get to it. Like, it's just one of those crazy things. So it almost is this perspective of like, you're just here to say your goodbyes. They're, 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 they're not fully grasping what's about to happen. Yep. All right. So Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So ooh, what's coming here? Uh, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. I also love Jesus. He's like, all right, we're done being vague for a little bit here. Yeah, I believe these things, but I know people don't. Like, he's like, listen, I understand <laughs> that this is how it works, but just so everyone around me hears. It's like one of those weird prayers. Yeah. <laughs> God, I thank you. Even though not everybody around me believes in you, I believe in you. Like, so anyways. So when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out his hands and feet bound with linen straps and his face wrapped with the cloth strips not straps oh thank you uh bound with linen strips and i don't know why i emphasized linen there and his face wrapped with the cloth jesus said to them unbind him and let him go i have james earl jones voice in my head when i when i read the lazarus come out thing just so you guys know that's a cool picture i dig that uh but yeah so that's what happens miracle (laughs) you can imagine just the absolute joy uh, that Mary and Martha. Well, even the shock, like, can you, like, it's too. just, they didn't expect this. They weren't anticipating this. They knew he would resurrect on the, on the day Christ returns. They had all of these things. And then Jesus like, no, no, it's not like, I want you to realize that this is a true thing. Like this is a powerful reality that we're all going to experience. Maybe not this t- side of eternity, but the next. And so that it, Lazarus is, is this big, 
this big reveal. Yeah. Um, this is where I get pictures of mummies and, <laughs> and different things like that come out. So for those of you who watched DuckTales as a kid, um, I remember seeing that, like a little mummy come out of a cave. That was a zombie, but that's what I picture Lazarus like too. I like it. Well, uh, the, Pharisees, the Pharisees do what the Pharisees do best. And they think to themselves, well, it's is, God, so is, true. is God allowed to do that? Um, so me. in 45, uh, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told Jesus what, and sorry, so, but someone to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus is done, had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do for this man performs many signs? Which that in itself is an interesting so line because funny. it's like, it's like, boy, this guy is doing so many signs that would prove he is who he says he is. What are we going to do with him? It's like, well, maybe- like, How do we shut him down? Like, maybe just do what he says to do if uh, he's raising the dead and performing miracles. But anyway, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation, which I guess reveals the real heart behind all these things. It's true. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this on his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, um, which I guess is half right, you know? Yeah. So. But again, that reveals the the pride within it. He's trying to, fuf to fulfill what he's already said. So it justifies his position as high priest yeah, and all he's of those going, things. He's going all Macbeth with it. The, pow we, the power, the power got to him. And we know what happened. We know what happened to Macbeth when he tried to. Uh, some of us do. Some of us do. Some of us don't. Sorry. He's, what happened? I'm, I'm asking oh, for a friend. It was prophesied that like he would become king of Scotland. And so he's like, oh, awesome. And then he goes to kill the king of Scotland to like make it happen instead of just like chilling. Uh, and his wife was also like, hey, you should go do this thing. And oh yeah, then, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. And I knew just that. Like racked, I, I was just asking for a friend who was He's racked listening. by guilt. And then here, Caiaphas- Nope, didn't know that. I also do wonder, I mean, this is just completely off the top of my head here, but I do wonder if like God actually gave him some revelation there that Jesus will die hmm. for the nation. And then Caiaphas is just kind of like- T Took his own little spin on it. Right. So, that so it, is, doesn't, it doesn't negate the prophetic word, but it negates the- It, it the human calls into question the, 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 the interpretation fulfillment of it. So anyway, that's- very, that's a different conversation. That's very open-handed, just conjecture yeah. that came to my head right there. But anyway, uh, he did not say this on his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also uh, to gather into the children of God, all who were scattered abroad. Into one, the children of God. Into one. Yeah. So, so since he said that Jesus was going to unite the entire people of God, yep. that's what he's going to do. Which, accurate. Uh, so to from that, from that. But it also created a lot of division. Yeah. So but. from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. So there is kind of this whole idea of, I, I'm just going to go ahead and like, I guess not super declarative say, it, but it seems like God actually reveals some truth to Caiaphas there. And then Caiaphas just completely. Um, uses it for his own good. Uses it for his own good, but also just thinks to himself, well, let's make this happen. Instead yeah. of just saying like, oh no, God, God will make this happen. Yeah. Because Jesus', Jesus death is happening. Yeah. And that be, because it is God's plan. It does not happen because... Um, of Judas's betrayal or because Jesus is taken by surprise. Like those are tools that yeah. are used for this thing. Well, Jesus wasn't actually taken by surprise, but Judas is a tool that is used. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are tools that are used yeah. uh, to bring about God's ultimate plan here. Well, and I, and I think it's important because this is a, a very rarely talked about passage of scripture after Lazarus, Lazarus's resurrection. Um, he, you know, and, and, it, and I don't want to make light of it. Like what happened with Lazarus was a big deal. Like the fact that he came back to life it was, it was this buildup that Jesus was strategically doing that we can see because we see the end of the story. But in the moment, like this, just this 
deepening of trust, this deepening of revelation was going on. And when it happened, then you see, again, you see the agenda of the Pharisees. You see the pride and the blindness of the Pharisees who, again, all these signs, all these things that Jesus was saying, he wasn't even coming against entirely the the, the belief of the Pharisees. He was coming against the execution, the way that they let and 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 legally put things on people and they still missed it. Like it just shows the blindness What Jesus called them out blind leading the blind kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just see this, like they, they made plans to put him to death. Now let's, let's escalate and, and elevate this to the top priority. We've got to get this guy out. Yeah. And not only Jesus, uh, but we read in John 12, nine through 11. That's also Lazarus. <laughs> so yeah, when large, when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, uh, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going to take, going oh, away snap. and believing in him. You and, can't have my people. Yeah. Like, hold on. You can't just, yeah. So there you go. That's kind of, that's the last we hear of Lazarus. So um, I'm going to assume he didn't die because I feel like it would have said, and then they put Lazarus to death instead yeah. of they made plans to. So... And then we kind of reference. I referenced a little bit of tradition in the beginning, so here's where it is. Again, this is this is probably not true, but yeah. you know, it's kind of fun to think about, I suppose. <laughs> right. So the Eastern Orthodox Church holds that uh, Lazarus fled for his life at this point, and then he later became the Bishop of Cyprus, which is a island in between. Um, well, I guess not in between. It's like south of Turkey, close to Israel a little bit, so in that area. Um, and then the Roman Catholic tradition holds that he was the Bishop of Marseille. Um, again, neither of these are true, but I would I would say it's a safe bet to assume that Lazarus probably devoted most much much of his life to spreading the good news of Jesus, whether that was staying in Israel and telling people what happened or going abroad and telling people what happened. We just don't know. Um, so I don't think it's like neither of those things are completely like unrealistic things to have happened, but there's just no other real textual evidence to back it up. So who knows? But there you go. That is. That's Lazarus. That's the book study of Lazarus or a character study, but <laughs> whichever one. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a hard out today because Aaron and I both have meetings. So we're going to have to postpone the question for next week, but do not worry, beloved listener. Um, we will, we will answer two next week and we'll get to it. So no worries there. But uh, with that being said, please leave us a review. If you haven't already uh, five star, five stars, preferably just cause it's, you know, it's nicer. It creates the, it helps in, influence the algorithm. Is what it is. It's nothing, and I know I say this every week. I just want to be careful. Like we're not stroking for ego. Uh, we're not looking for ego strokes here. We're just we're just trying to figure out how can we continue to to create and build the community of people who are not just reading the Bible together, but also engaging and listening and, and asking questions too. So, uh, five star reviews help us do that. Um, we'd love for you to even leave a comment. Uh, what you loved about the podcast? If you hate the podcast, uh, just tell us. Just send us an email. <laughs> send it to info at grove church. Uh, but we're just trying to build and continue to building this community. So that's what it is. So yeah. Well, as a reminder, we are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only resource of the Grove Church. If you go online, you can find all of our past podcast episodes. I think Apple Podcasts only saves the most recent hundred. So if you want to listen back even further, you can do that on the website grove.church. We also have past messages and our life and then blog that's available. Uh, And if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you'd like to financially support the ministry that the Grove Church does, you can also do that on our website. There's a give button in the upper right-hand corner. Thanks so much, guys. Hope you have a great day. See you next week.